In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's a draft day special, and I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian. Right, right, right. How are you, Ian? I am good. It was a very relaxing first round of the NFL draft for me. I got to sit sit back and watch all of that chaos just go nuts. Hang on a minute. There was nine trades. I don't think that was very relaxed. I feel like there was more than nine, right? Jack will know. I believe it was nine on the day, day. just picks. Um, but it, it it felt like the most boring draft in the world for the, like the first seven eight picks, and you're like, is anything going to happen? And then suddenly it just went mental. It was like trade pick, trade pick, trade pick, and players go in. It was bananas. You checking? Is it like fake Schefter? It was. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, there was that run where everybody was trading up to get the wide receivers, which you know kind of falls into what we you know what we'd kind of known going into the draft that there was kind of a cliff after that number six. I think, you know, Jack, your betting market was over five and a half. Mine was over six and a half. I think everybody kind of knew the sweet spot for wide receivers was six. So you saw that mad rush to get up there. I mean, the Saints did it. The, uh, you know, the Lions obviously come up and take Jamison Williams. So there was that rush to get that last group of wide receivers once London and Wilson went. Jack, one thing I wanted to ask you was, it felt like the to trade up wasn't that value this year. It wasn't you didn't need to do a lot to trade up. Do you think that's a fair point or not? So the only crazy, crazy value trade ups you see is when teams trade up for quarterbacks and they get absolutely mugged off to high heaven. Um, whereas th- there wasn't those. The Saints gave up more than anyone else, but we know the Saints. The Saints are probably more f f the picks than the Rams. Um, based on some of the stuff we've seen. So, um, yeah, if you take the Saints one out, it was pretty much where you would expect it. Um, It's more coming down to ideology rather than value of, hey, would you rather have three top 70 picks, I want to say, rather than two? Um, It was more ideology than trade value. I think the other contributing factor was you had at each position group two or three guys at the top, and then you had a clump in that, we'll call it mid-tier, where one team may flavor another guy different than the other. So once we got outside, you noticed, Jack, there was no trades, like you had mentioned, in those top nine, ten picks, I think, right? Because I think everything was chalked through the Jets. Now, they had acquired those picks previously through trades, but regardless, people were like, I'm not dealing for Trayvon Walker. I'm not giving up this pick. I'm not giving up this pick. So those top 10 players, teams really kind of looked at as being untouchable. But then once you hit that mid-tier, teams were like, I-, I could go either way. You know, where the one pick that we were talking about this morning that I still, I just don't understand the trade is Kwesi from Minnesota going from 12 all the way down to 32. I say what you want about Jamison Williams and his injury, but I think Jamison Williams was reg- regarded as, for the most, 
probably to be a top three wide receiver, given his speed. Now that he's going to Detroit, that's one thing. And to fall all the way back to 32 to get Lewis sign. Okay. I have no problem with the move with going back, but if your net was only upgrading your second round pick 12 spots and adding a third, I'd have said, keep all that and just give me a future second or give me a future. For, I mean, I'd have just pushed the pick into the 2023 draft if that's what you were going to do. You know, take the 32 pick and then keep the second and the third. I'll keep, I'll stay at 46. I would have looked to go for higher capital. I mean, a number of years ago, and Jack, I know you do a really good job of pulling all this information on previous trades. The Browns traded from six to 27, that Julio Jones pick with future first, future seconds, and a fourth. So I think teams are getting smarter. So as more and more trades happen in the league, we're seeing the value is less um, that you get. And as well, this year, I just don't think teams want to give up future picks um, because they're less enamored with this class than maybe the next class. Yeah, but you also, I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, Minnesota was desperate to trade out of that spot. They really were. Because for them to give up that little, I'm sorry, to get that little in return, in my opinion, and then also give your division opponent a potential speed demon of a wide receiver. I mean, that says they were either not very high on him or they didn't really have anybody that they wanted to take at that position. I mean, there wasn't anybody close. And I think with 32, um, I was chatting to someone, they've obviously got 34. So they're probably sat there going, hey, what are they not going to draft in between? And there might be some gamesmanship in there um, that, there's actually a guy that they like more a bit like with Nick Chubb and Corbett. Um, yeah. I also, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they take 34 and parlay that into a little bit more as well, because Tampa Bay kind of did that little slide from the Jacksonville pick at 27 slotted themselves in there at 33. So Tampa now holds the cards with the first pick tonight, but Minnesota is probably sitting there going, well, we all know Tampa's going to take X. So guys, this pick is for sale for all of you people that want, whether, you know, it's the Andrew Booth or whoever it is. So my guess is Questy's going to take that 34 and turn it. He, this is the Barry move, right? Move back, collect an asset, and then take that asset and spawn it into several more assets. So I, I would I would not be shocked if Minnesota turns that pick around and trades it. But I'd say the, the key thing of what we want to discuss now is what happens now going forward. And there was once the dust had settled after the first round, there's no real surprises in terms of impacting what the Browns would do. Roughly the same amount, six wide receivers that we sort of thought. Um, no one really impacts anything. You've got Will Willis and Booth on the board that we probably didn't expect. And I would say that's it. Yeah, I, Jack, I, I was getting, and Paul, I know you are as plugged in as anybody on Twitter. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, the, this draft board is not falling to the Browns after the wide receivers were going top 15. I'm like, this was not shocking. I, I'm not sure why people were confused that all the wide receivers went before pick 18. That's what everybody expected. I think people had sat there thinking, oh, we're going to get Dotson. Oh, we're going to get Burks. And it was like, it all felt very pipe dream. Pipe I dream, think yeah. that they'd seen JOK last year and went, oh, someone has to fall every year. Someone doesn't have to fall every year. Um, Call off this slid, but it was felt unlikely that he'd slide far enough that it would become value for the Browns. Um, it, it's one that I, I just think people have seen JOK last year and went, oh, there has to be one in every class and there has to be a position we want. So, um, no, I'd, I'd take it all with a pinch of salt, but the board set nicely for the Browns. There's going to be a couple of quarterback go probably before we pick. And hey, there's 11 picks to get through. Two quarterbacks, suddenly there's nine picks. Now, so, the irony um, is, uh, Jackie, we were talking about Carl Loftus, is when the 
Bengals were on the board, <clears throat> there was a bunch of people that were worried they were either going to take the safety or take David Ajabo from Kansas City or from Michigan. So you would have had that little run there. So I'm sure Kansas City was weighing between which one of these do we want? And then after that, now you're talking about Andrew Barry and the Browns. You could see that slide. So, Paul, of the names you're seeing, as I know right now you're, you're rocking a Panama Jack and you look like you're in a very comfy seat on an airline. Not specifically a name, unless you have a couple names you want to give us. What position do you think? Do you think it's offense, defense? What are you foreseeing the Browns doing here in the second round? Yeah, I think wide receiver, I think we're going to go for it. Um, is it the guy Pickens everyone's talking about, Alabama? Georgia. Georgia, that's it, yeah. I think uh, he's everyone's favorite, if I'm correct. Is that right, Jack? He feels like the pick. There's been concerns the last three, four days about um, off-field, other stuff. But, uh, yeah, all draft season, 44, it's a name that we've said all along. Yeah, and I have no interest in Pickens. I hope he goes early. I don't want anything to do with him. I I hope he don't go in the first four picks. Well, yeah, you're you're, over 37? I have 36.5, so 37 is perfect. Yeah, so I just uh, he's not a guy that does it for me. I'd much rather target one of the edges. I mean, obviously the two edges, because I'm going to remain in that camp. Um, Ajabo and the kid from um, Jackson, uh, Ebiketti, the kid from Penn Ebiketti. State. So Ebiketti is the guy. He's you know in terms of your age, he's a little bit higher. Um, he was the one, but he fits that six two two fifty. He's up there in that bigger range. Wide receivers, I don't know. I, I think Nicobe Dean's a guy that'll be probably taken in the next few picks. Uh, Andrew Booth's another one, but yeah, I, I'm I'm against Paul on the wide receiver. I'm going full defensive line. A question, guys: Do you think if there is a player that is not positional, just the best player on the board, do you see the Browns taking it today? Yeah, if if so, for some reason Booth is there. At 44, I think that's going to be really tough for them to say no because do they really need a corner? No, but he's an incredible talent. And you're sat there going, hey, we've got Newsom, we've got Ward, we've got Booth, we've got um, AJ Green. We, we, we feel nice. Um, that, that would be the one where I'm like, hey, I, I dig it. I mean, Jack, that's what the Ravens do. I mean, if there's a D lineman out there, they're like, give me that guy. I'll find the Bills, another one. I don't care if you're a D tackle or defensive end or whatever it is. Yeah. I'd say it's different on the line where you rotate, but yeah. But even then you could rotate with your corners because at the end of the day, if you're coming in and I have a guy that runs a nine route deep and he pulls out and it's like, all right, Denzel Ward just sprinted 50 yards. All right. Cycle him out real quick. Bring in another guy for a play. I mean, you can, you can rotate in the corner if you had that many guys. The problem is nobody ever has that many guys. So it's like, all right, get out there. And injuries. You know, yeah, and injury is another thing, but maybe you go up against a team that's more run-heavy and you say, you know what, we're going to play more Newsom and Booth this game or Ward. I mean, listen, I'm not going to pretend to tell Joe Woods what he you know he knows already. So, But, yeah, absolutely, Paul, to answer your question, I think they 100% could take best player available outside of quarter. Here we go. Here we go. That was my next question. If Riddler was there at 44, would the Browns take it? Who? Is it Riddler? Oh, Desmond Ritter. Oh, we won't yeah. take a quarterback. No, 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 no. no, not with not with Deshaun Watson's two hundred and thirty million guaranteed. He's, I would say, quarterback and specialists are probably the only two positions you can one hundred percent guarantee will not be taken 
God. I don't even think there's a guard eligible that for that are that high. Let's see. Rimer, Rimer. No, that kid from uh, Central Sean Michigan. Rimer. Yeah, exactly. You can exactly say why. Yeah, Raymond Bernard Raymond. That's... Yeah, he's not going to go. I mean, he's um, not going to the Browns. But no, I think the Browns are in a really nice spot, and then it comes down to options. So you go for that first pick, and let's say it's wide receiver. Let's say it's edge. There's some other guys, sort of edge um, edges. I like like later Alex Wright, Josh Pascal, um, two of the dudes. Nick Benito could potentially slide to seventy-eight. Um, there are options that are there for those next two picks. A wide receiver, um, my boy Romeo Dubs, 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 Doobie Dubs, Dubs, Romeo Dubs. The the one guy I do think would be a little interesting, and he's young and he's raw. But he's big, and that's Christian Watson. People have talked about him. He's been a little bit of a darling. Did you say if young? you're, huh? Say Isn't young. he 22? Did you Watson? say Christian Watson? Do you mean Wondell Robinson? No, isn't Christian Watson the guy that's like 22? Uh, he's got he's red X on my board. So is he 23 yet? Yeah. So, but he's the one that has a he has an insanely high RAS score or something, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, and at the end of the day, I do think that the age guardrail is going to get stretched, but this is a guy that brings an element we don't have at the wide receiver core. And that's six foot four, 200 plus pounds. Right. And if he, you know, he's the athletic guy that he is, and you're sitting there looking at him saying, okay, I need this size and athleticism. Cause listen, I know Donovan people's Jones is supposed to be the big receiver, but he doesn't really play like a big receiver as you saw in that green Bay game. So you know, a lot of times we talk about bigger seasons. Let's talk about like AJ Browns, right? Who obviously fetched the first, but I would much rather have Christian Watson over say George Pickens. And then if they do decide to opt out of that, that that's second that wide out. It's not the end of the world, because if you look, Jack, the next crop of wide receivers, there's a bunch of guys, you know, you're talking about your Justin Ross's, your Alec Pierce's and all these guys, they're all third round guys and stuff. And you can go out and get them. And let's not pretend like, drafting that wide receiver. I know that there's that data point about pick 44 and beyond. It's impossible to find a guy. I get it. But at the end of the day, if you have Deshaun Watson, the entire point of having Deshaun Watson is he's supposed to make all of these receivers better. You know, you take a guy like Alec Pierce, you bring him in, you say, Hey buddy, I'm going to teach you X, Y, and Z. He's six threes, 211 pounds, you know, come on in and Deshaun Watson's going to do X, Y, and Z for you. So that's, that's kind of why I'm more on the edge bandwagon. Do you think there's any possibility that tight end is in the picture? Not for me that way. Trey McBride is considered what the top tight end in the draft. Yeah. And I think he slotted somewhere in that like forties range. Yeah. I, I don't see it. Um, not to the Browns, um, but I could see one at 78, one at 99. Um, I just think they'll wait a little bit longer. Um, Alex Pierce is someone that's been rumored in the sort of, 40s early 50s so um but the rest of them should be there um all right i think there's i think there's really only one d-line and not edge right so let's talk about there's a few guys that are left jack that are these hybrids so we're gonna call them you know i know your guy boy amafe he's uh he's high up on the age guardrail i'll say that much but um he's he's, older than me He's not older than Paul, though. By the way, for all of you that aren't watching at home, Paul has just the most. Le- you need to tweet out a picture of you in that hat, Paul, just for the for the audience to see. 
but Boyamafe is 6'4", 265, so he's your bigger guy. Um, but Logan Hall, so Logan Hall at 6'6", 280. You know, and then also you have DeMarvin Leal, 6'4", 283. Um, the kids from San Diego State, 6'4", 270, Cameron Thomas. So you've got like four guys. I think the second round is going to be run on some of these D linemen, to be fair. And you have these guys that can do that inside-outside. And if you bring back Clowney and you want some youth, but you want guys to be able to rotate in, could the Browns maybe look at these D-tackle, D-end hybrids? Nah, I think we tried down. Um, and guys, be be very well aware of that. Um, there's a chance we come up for the Jets pick at 38. Um, but I feel trade down like three, four spots is certainly very, very likely. Um, we then add a pick in the 140, 150, 160 range and then bridge that gap because we have a horribly long gap in the draft. Um, and there'll be players they like in that range that they don't want to take a 118, but then they aren't going to be there in 200s. I will tell you, there is a team right in that range that would trade if you call them. And I know there's a relationship between these two guys. Bears GM Ryan Poles at 39 and Andrew Barry have a good relationship. I'm not saying that the 216440 is going to call the 847 out here in Chicago, but if the Browns really wanted a guy, say like, you know, Jabo or somebody like that, where they're falling at 39, I do think you'd only have to probably give up a, a mid to late day three pick to move up those five spots. I mean, Jack, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Paul mentioned it as well. The price you have to pay right now to move up for all of this kind of pick talent isn't crazy high. So to move from 44 to 39, which may cost you 99 in other years, maybe only cost you, you know, a combo of some fives and sevens. Guys, I'm just about to take off. I've got a quick question for Where are you headed, Paul? Malaga to London to get home in bed, ready for the draft tonight. Big night. We've got three picks, one second round and two third rounds. That's right. Quick question. What are the four names that we think this podcast the high chances that the Browns are going to uh, pick? Jack, you want to start? So, is that four guys at 44 or four guys across all three picks? No, four guys at 44. What, what names are our podcast going to say we think? So, my four, in no particular order, is wide receiver George Pickens, wide receiver Sky Moore, Edge, um, Ajabo, Edge, um, Drake Jackson. I'm going to go with Logan Hall, Arnold Ebiketti, David Ajabo, Christian Watson. Those cool, cool, cool. I'm going to do some research on them players now, and I'll see you on the other side. Go, Browns. You guys carry on. I'll to take off. Safe travels, Paul. So, Ian, give me your three guys that you would most like to see at 78. 78. See, so now we're bumping down into what I kind of say, because I've pounded the table for the longest time that the Browns just do not have any youth on that off on that defensive line. So the guys that I kind of like in that seventies range to Marvin Leal, the guy from Texas A&M, I think this is a guy that has a lot of high upside. I know him and miles Garrett have a relationship. So he's a guy that I look at. Listen, I know a lot of people have talked about Travis Jones and I, he's on my list of red X's in terms of what I don't want, but at 78, we're at a different conversation, you know, because this is a guy who I just think doesn't have any day one starter talent, but I do think could develop into some. 
So if I'm being honest and I'm saying, listen, I don't like Travis Jones at 44 because it was people that told me Travis Jones was going to go in the twenties, which I'm already one up on that. But this is a guy that uh, I think could develop into a decent one tech, but he, I'm much more interested in him at 78. Um, I do think that both Ebiketti and Ajabo are going to go in your top 50. So now we're talking about if we're coming into 78, that's where your Josh Pascal, if I'm looking at edges, I'm not as high on taking uh, my brother, uh, Alex Wright, that high. Um, I'm thinking he's more kind of towards that 99. He's going to go into that three, four range, yeah. but in the 70 range, I think Pascal is a guy that I think a lot of people are going to be a little, just because of his athletic ability. Right. And if we're talking about wide receivers, um, people have mentioned John Mechie. I just feel like I've seen too many 5'11, 180 pound receivers. I mean, I'm Mechie just to me, doesn't do anything great. I think he's a solid guy. I think he's a wide receiver three, four, and we have plenty of those. I mean, I don't think those are the guys that are hard to find. Um, Jalen Tolbert, the kid out of South Alabama, I think maybe has a little bit of upside there. Um, Sounds Sky, like more than three guys. Well, I, the thing about it is, is when you're talking about three guys, we can almost do three on offense, three on defense, because I still think that we have that I'm, needed I'm, safety. I'm asking you to really be fussy. <sighs> At 78, I'm going to go DeMarvin Leal, one. I'm going to go I want to say a tight end that's too early even though I do like Rucker. I do like Rucker. I just think I don't know. I'm gonna, you know what? That's it. I'm going to go DeMarvin Leal, Jeremy Rucker, Josh Pascal. Nice. There we go. I'm gonna go and it really all depends on what they do at 44. Because if they take a Jabo in the 40s, then you can wax my edge off of now we can go to the inside or the wide up. Hey, if, if and I would say really love an edge, that is the one position I could see them double dip. Uh, yeah, that is valid. That is valid. And I would say that if we do drop on the edge, then you can throw Travis Jones in there if you want. But again, it's simply because out of obligation. I still am looking forward to someone else taking him so I can put the nice little red X in there. Notice I didn't say Drake Jackson. So, yeah, because he's going to be gone at in the 44 range. Um, if he's if he's there, Alex Pierce, there's a lot of talk that he could be gone um, slightly earlier. And then Kirby Joseph, I think, would be a great pick at uh, 78. And Martin Emerson, um, the corner, is an option. I, I, I'm in the mindset that that 78 might be the... Unless someone slides and gets really tasty, that might actually... A really nice trade back spot. Oh, I I would be shocked if the Browns don't trade one, if not two, of their picks tonight. Yeah. Because we already know that the one thing you can say about Andrew Barry is the man has preparation levels till the cows come home. And when you're prepared, it means that you have a very good idea the sweet spots for your players. You may not know. Maybe they really love Kirby Joseph, right? They know Kirby Joseph is going to go in this eight pick range to possibly these two or three teams, right? We saw it last night. The Eagles knew if they wanted the big man, Jordan Davis, they had to get ahead of Baltimore. They knew it, right? So there was whatever they had to do. They had to get ahead of Baltimore for that. And it, obviously Baltimore is like, well, fine. Just give us Kyle Hamilton. Andrew Barry understands if I specifically want this player and he's my target and I got to move, you know, 
maybe I drop back in the fifth round. You get pick 160, I get 174 or something like that, right? They know how to move the board accordingly just so they can get up and get the guy they want. So that's why the pick to me is a range. You know, we talked a little bit about it. It's almost like standard deviation. It's kind of plus five on every pick because we don't see the Browns giving up too much ammo to move from say 44 to 34. Maybe they call Questy and say, Hey, Questy, what's your price on 34? I don't know. It's possible. I mean, it's not like they don't have each other's phone number, but I would say that for me, that pick range is going to be somewhere between 39 and 49, 73 and 83 and 94 and 104. Look at the, what we talked about it, what the Tampa Bay did, right? 27 to 33. Give me something at the back end. So last up, dudes in that 99 range. And I know this is tough because the further you go, all sorts of crazy stuff can happen. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to go. I've got four, so I'm going to do it anyway. Sort the rules. That's um, all right. Two Listen, edges. If you, if you like a guy enough, just you go, go, go to town. Go ham. Two edges here, Alex Wright or Josh Pascal. I think you could get one of them at 99. Um, linebacker Brandon Smith, I think is good value there. And Nick Cross, bring in the kid. Um, and let's see what you can do at safety. Safety is the one position in the draft where I, th- I feel good wherever you, you go. Um, as long as, yeah, wherever the Browns draft, there's probably going to be a uh, a nice safety and if there's one spot where there's not a nice safety, you've got Smoke Monday and hey, it's a phenomenal name. So uh, let's roll with it. Just be lucky that Smoke Monday and Josh Gordon aren't on the same team. Actually, the other one, if you want him, you're going to have to get him at 118, Daniel Bellinger. I'd say we're going to go again on our little plus range of guys. I think 99, as much as I like Rucker, I think 70s is probably good for him. I do think that if you're going to want a tight end, I wouldn't be too shocked if it's kind of towards this 99 range. This is where you're, you know, the Jelani Woods kid out of Virginia comes in. This is where you're probably talking about Charlie Kohler, maybe Rucker if he does slide. So I would say that I'm going to just put tight end, right? Because it's, it's tough at this point, but I do think tight end comes into the equation. But then also I think that if, say you go wide receiver, so, you know, now the board just comes out to where you maybe get a wide receiver and somebody else and say a cam Thomas, right. The kid from San Diego state. If you have one of those edges fall, the other one, he's a little bit more of a, I want to say kind of a pass rush specialist, I think would probably be better suited. And I'll pull up his uh, exact size and all that good stuff here. But that's the kid out of Cincinnati. The, was it Majay, um, Majay Sanders. So I think maybe in, he is 6'5", 228. So if they have some sort of specific package there and they're trying to get some pass rush, um, the other guy, I, the other position is D tackle, obviously. So, you know, this is where that kid, John Ridgeway from Arkansas comes in. So I would say you're probably looking at the safety. Is that kind of where the Kirby Joseph range is though? Or do you think he's in the seventies? Kirby Joseph looks like he's going to be in that seventies, seventies range. So, yeah, I don't know if there's a ton of safeties. I would have said, you know, we could have looked at corner. Remember, we talked a little bit about Marcus Jones from Houston at that point. But I think now that you have, um, you know, Jeremy Grant, I don't think you have any interest for him. Uh, you're, he's more of a return guy. So I've got the age completely wrong on Machi Sanders. Dude, it's really old. It, by yours? 
by the old um, looking at Dane Brugler's draft guide. Yeah, you can uh, forget Magic Sanders. He's nearly twenty. He's nearly twenty-four week one of the season. Mm. He has slipped through the old uh, net. You you need to win now. So as as long as like with a Christian Watson, right? As long as you have a guy who's we're gonna call some athletic profile, you have to get in guys that can win now, right? So we talked about it on another one. If you do go out and listen, I'm not saying that Barry's not going to completely leave what he knows to be his stuff, right? And say he looks at it and says, you know what, this Maji Sanders kid, I like what he can do right away. Maybe he can come in right away and say, I can play now, right? If I need a guy that's going to come in at edge three and play right away, you know, we talked a little bit about Alex Wright. You know, we talked about these guys, um, even the kid out of Ole Miss, the Sam Williams kid, you know, who's also 23. These are guys that can come in and at least have the maturity and a little bit of that grown man strength to play on day one. Because right now we don't have anybody. We talk about the Steve Weatherly's and the Jimmy Footslicks and all these other guys, but like you got to have somebody that's going to come in and at least not need a full year of development, especially if you take a David Ajabo, say in the second round where, you know, you're kind of red shirting this guy for, you know, at least half a season. Yeah. But I think we can specifically narrow it down, Jack. I mean, we're talking about the Browns are going to focus on D line edges and tackles. They're going to focus on safety. They need another one because Ronnie Harrison isn't a long-term answer. I think the primary at that point then becomes wide receiver. So those are your kind of four. So wide receiver, safety, edge, tackle. That's your four primaries. Then that's where tight end, corner, 118. I think corner, tight end, and linebacker. I mean, let's be honest. They've been kind of plugging and patching for a lot of this time with some of these linebackers. So if all of a sudden maybe, you know, we talked a little bit about that, that kid, Troy Anderson, um, from Montana state. I mean, Leo Chanel, if you're looking for a guy that maybe can fill that Joe Schobert type of role, there are a couple decent linebackers out there. Uh, that Chad Muma is a guy that a lot of people really like out of Wyoming. So there's a lot of options, but I think Jack, you're hundred percent right. I think those first six picks of that second round that was called 33 to 39. That's where, that's where you're going to know. That's where you're going to know kind of where the board's going. Yeah. And, I reckon Booth is for the first or second pick. I feel yeah. really strong about him being one of those two. Um, well, Tampa needs corners. I th- I think I think if, he's one. If Vikings, I, hey, taking Willis at number the second round, the second choice there. I think it's an upside move. Of what is the risk really? The, because, you took a third round pick on Kellen Mond last year. Yeah, but that's different. Different, different front, front office. Why not trade and, him? When the when they left, the coaching staff were absolutely crapping on him on the way out. So Kellen Mond will probably be a uh, roster cut. What's What's point. odd about that is is one of the I know somebody that indirectly knows him and his family. Just I, I've never met Kellen Mond, but somebody I know that I trust speaks the world of this kid. And I heard the same thing when he came out of Minnesota. They were kind of like, "Yeah, this kid sucks," but like he's a really nice kid. Like he's a he's level-headed he's not a problem child so maybe the new front office comes in and says you know what this kid we can we can work with him again i don't know i'm not trying to break down the uh, minnesota vikings roster but i've not heard a bad thing about the kid oh. kellen mond so I'd be, I'd be curious to see 
who made that pick? And maybe the coaches were like bitching at Rich, Rick Spielman. Like, why would you pick this guy? We don't want him. They're like, we like him. And that's one of the things that caused the riff. Because to use a third round pick on a, on a quarterback means you have a little bit of hope in him. Yeah. The other thing I want to touch on is defensive tackle at 44. So I, I know we discussed some dudes' names, mm-hmm. but one of the reasons that I really struggle to see the, the sense in this pick is that's an eight-year investment you're planning to make. You're not drafting a dude at 44 going, hey, we'll have him for three years and then we'll trade him or we'll have him for four years and hopefully it'll be a comp pick. You're genuinely looking to extend those guys. Once you get into sort of the 99s, 118s, hey, if you, if you get four years of service out of them, you're happy. So say that pick hits. Say it's Travis Jones. Well, we're sat here in four years' time and you've got a, a sizable deal for JOK, a linebacker, a sizable deal for Travis Jones, a defensive tackle. Well, that means that money has to come out of the edge room, the corner room, or the safety room. I just do not see the Browns setting themselves up for four years where they have to devalue some of those rooms to pay a linebacker and defensive tackle. You could do it with one. I think when you start doing it with two, you start causing problems. And they will think that big picture in this front office. They're not thinking, hey, 2022, and then we'll deal with 2023 next year. They would talk about roster building that far in advance. I feel no doubt they would. And I just feel that puts you in a bad spot. I think you're, to me, correct. I just foresee it one way. What we traditionally think of a, of a, a defensive tackle. What if I were to tell you, Jack, I think you're 100% right for zero and one techniques. But the three and the fives, look what they did last year with Malik Jackson, right? So I think if they get one of these guys that's a three or a five technique, and I know five is getting kind of same as clowning. <laughs> Exactly. So that's where you take, and I'm going to use him because I, I know the name, DeMarvin Leo, right? This is a guy that's quoted D tackle, but he can play three and five. So I don't think the Browns are going to really focus their detail room on just big loafs. I don't think they're trying to go with the Jordan Davises or the Devontae Wyatts. I think they want these athletic guys. I think they want speed. I think they want quickness reminiscent of what the giants used to have in their super bowl when they had justin tuck and ocu Minora and michael strahan basically they had four athletes on the line now in some run situations you need a stuffer right you need a guy that's too wide so i completely can see that coming but at the end of the day just because they take like logan hall right what is logan hall is he a d tackle he's kind of an edge you know what what is he so that's these hybrid guys that's why i look at travis jones and i'm like like that, that to me isn't what the Browns want. They don't want just a loafy guy in the middle. Think about what they're doing at all levels of their defense, right? They've got Miles Garrett, who's just freak athlete. And then all of a sudden, these linebackers, we have JOK, we have Jacob Phillips, we have athletes. And now I know you have a couple of Sione Taki Taki, but at the end of the day, Sione Taki Taki is a pretty good athlete. And then secondary, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, John Johnson III, Greg Newsom. Like you've got athletes on all levels so if you're going to look and figure out who the browns are going to take on the d line just find athletic guys that's that's really kind of i think the secret sauce so to say of what they want so you know when i look at travis jones i see six four three twenty five at a four nine i'm like yeah but then all of a sudden you see demarvin leal six three two eighty three and it's like okay a little bit more of an athlete 21 john ridgeway six five three twenty one not sound there so that that's kind of what i see is if they're going to go somewhere don't be surprised if they go with the more athletic guys that are those threes 
because then you're talking about that eight-year commitment. You're talking about a guy that can have inside-outside flexibility. And so, guys, if you're following along with the draft, I'll be on the OBR live Twitch. We'll go live at the start of the draft. So, um, midnight Jack. UK, what's that? Seven, five, US? seven. Yeah, seven, six for me. Yeah. Um, question, Jack, do you think there's any chance that a kicker goes today? Maybe Matt Ariaza. Do, do I punter? I could see. Yeah, you could see a. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm watching every pick. Then I want to see right at the end. No, because no, I was thinking fourth rounds in that. No, nope. Second and third uh, only today. Oh, maybe, maybe right, been, right at the end. There's I, like three or four punters this year that are just round. hitting some boomsticks. Okay, all right. Well, for all you specialists out there, just make sure you stay on the edge of your seat until the final pick of the round. What's our uh, pick? Hundred is the last one tonight. I think if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think we've got an early one. So it'll be around the hundred. Um, I don't say because the Browns have 99. And I, I believe that two were two more, two more. So yeah, they're second to the end. Ah, all tonight. The last pick will be, Oh, no, one Oh five all the way through. Con- um, comp the consolation compensation picks, whatever you want to call them. A uh, few, uh, yeah, the Browns, a lot of the, we'll call, we'll, we'll call the diversity higher picks. Browns at 99, Cardinals 100, Jets 101, Dolphins 102, uh, Chiefs 103, Rams 104, San Francisco 105. So, so that's it, guys. Tampa, Tampa leading off the fourth round, so they're going to actually uh, start day three as well. Man, Buccaneers. But, yeah, I don't think Andrew Booth is going to have a long time to wait for his name called because Tampa needs corners, and he's there. So, sorry to kill the dream. Uh, Cornerback at 44. Go, Go Browns. Browns.